ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد there's a distinct difference between alone time between me time and loneliness everybody has a need for alone time everybody has a need for their time and space for that me time to kind of be by themselves to process their thoughts to just reflect on whatever is going on in their lives for better for worse to just kind of reflect and think deeply about the ups and downs that they may be going through everybody has a need for that and the right dosage of that is actually a good thing and is something needed for a person's well-being that's very different than loneliness loneliness is a monster of a struggle and anybody struggling with loneliness we ask Allah to make things easy for them we ask Allah to turn that hardship into ease and we ask Allah to turn that emotional darkness into light amni rabbil alamin in light of this struggle of loneliness i want to touch upon an ayah in surah qaf the 50th chapter of the quran and it's important for us to note that this surah is one of those surahs that was from among the favorite surahs of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam within this surah in ayah 16 allah says wa laqad khalaqnal insana wa na'lamu ma tuwaswisu bihi nafsuhu wa nahnu aqrabu ilayhi min habl alwarid allah says that we created the human being and it's important to note that there's this rhythm throughout this ayah allah goes from the we to the individual back to the we to the individual back to the we to the individual what do i mean by that right now some people may be slightly confused when allah talks about himself in this ayah he uses the royal we so in for example another place in the quran allah says inna anzalnahu fi laylatul qadr we sent down the quran on laylatul qadr on the night of power when allah uses this we allah is allah is using it as what's known as the royal we you can think of it in in this way that it's like allah is flexing his power so to speak you can't mess with allah allah is using the royal we allah has the authority to do so allah has the power to do so allah has the majesty to do so tabarakasmu rabbika dhil jalali wal ikram allah is saying we created the human being the individual allah uses the term that specifically describes the human being as an individual here allah did not say nas allah did not say unas elsewhere in the quran you have qul a'udhu bi rabbin nas elsewhere you have innahum unasun yatatahharun allah does not use the plural term referring to people allah says we created the human being allah uses the term insan referring to the individual so right from the beginning of this ayah you can pick up on notes of loneliness wa laqad khalaqnal insana we have created the human being 
and we know and we know what his or her nafs whispers to him or her. So Allah is saying, we know, Allah is using the royal we, what each and every person is struggling with, what each and every person is dealing with, especially emotionally, especially mentally, especially psychologically. Those hidden battles that everyone deals with, Allah is saying, I know exactly what you're dealing with. And Allah is not saying this in a critical way. We need to keep in mind Ar-Rahman Allam Al-Qur'an, the most merciful, taught the Qur'an. So when Allah is saying this, Allah is saying this as Ar-Rahman. Allah is saying this not in a critical way, Allah is saying this in a comforting way. Allah is telling us that I know what you're dealing with now, and Allah is comforting us just by letting us know, I know the struggle is real. I know things are tough. I know times are hard. Don't think you're alone. Don't think you're going through this alone. Don't, don't think that you're going through this all by yourself. It could be depression, it could be anxiety, it could be PTSD, it could be grief, it could be sadness, it could be sorrow, you name it. Allah is saying you're not going through this alone. I know the struggles that you're dealing with. Allah says we have created the human being and we know what his or her nafs, what his or her self, what his or her lower self is whispering to them. And we are closer to him or her than their jugular vein. So you notice this pattern. Allah goes from the royal, because Allah is reminding us of his power. Allah is saying, we know what each and every person is going through. وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ وَنَعْلَمُ مَا تُوَسْوِسُ بِهِ نَفْسُهُ وَنَحْنُ أَقْرَبُ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ حَبْلِ الْوَرِيدِ Look at the emphasis, the emphasis, the emphasis. Allah is driving the point home that we're not alone. Allah is driving the point home. Hang on today until tomorrow. And then once you get to tomorrow, inshaAllah, hang on that day until the next day. One day at a time. The struggle of loneliness is real. And one of the most effective things that can help someone, that can help anyone struggling with this monster of loneliness is connecting with a healthy, kind, prophetic, compassionate community. If a person is struggling with loneliness, one of the most effective and helpful things, it's not just to be around people, Someone may think that, okay, if you're by yourself, then just go be around people. No, no, no. Because sometimes if some people go to some masajid, they end up being attacked for one tiny issue or another, and they end up in a far worse state than when they entered. They were just going looking to be loved for the sake of being loved, to be accepted for the sake of being accepted, to be treated with kindness just for the sake of being treated with kindness. And we need to understand, we need to wake up and realize as Muslims, that when interacting, with, when interacting with other Muslims, there has to be a higher level of rahmah, not a lower level. Unfortunately, sometimes the way Muslims deal with other Muslims is worse than how the Prophet dealt with his enemies. If we treated each other how the Prophet treated his enemies, we would be in a better state, sallallahu alayhi wa 
How did the Prophet treat the prisoners of war, POWs, after the Battle of Badr? They were just fighting him from his own people. What did he tell his community? Give them the better food. You eat the regular food, but give them the better food. Why? Weren't they just fighting him? Why? Weren't they just opposing him, not just in that battle, but for, for these people years before that? Weren't they doing such a heinous thing as fighting a prophet of God on the battlefield, actively? What did the prophet say? Treat them with kindness. Now the prophet doing that, does that mean that he is giving the stamp of approval of them fighting him? Obviously not. The prophet is showing rahmah. And the result was fruitful. Many of them became Muslim. Because they saw firsthand when they're in a position of weakness, and this person we were just fighting can do anything that he wants with us according to the law of the jungle. He can do whatever he wants right now. We are literally at his mercy. Ironically, that ended up working in their favor because they were at the mercy of the Prophet who was sent as mercy to mankind. Do we treat each other in that way? Forget war, forget battle, forget bad, forget POW, forget any of that. Just going to the masjid, are we kind to each other? If somebody's struggling with loneliness and they show up to the masjid because they're trying to convince themselves 24-7 to not commit suicide. And one of the ideas they have is, okay, I'm spending too much time alone. This loneliness monster is eating me alive. Let me go to my local masjid. That one visit to that one masjid may very well make or break their heart as it relates to their deen, as it relates to their dunya and akhirah. And a person may think, whoa, whoa that, that's too much pressure for me to treat people in that way, then don't come to the masjid. Don't come. Because this isn't my house, this isn't your house. This is the house of Allah, this is the house of Ar-Rahman. If you were invited to an iftar party, and you disagreed with the color of somebody's clothing, at someone else's, at someone else's iftar party, you're not the host. Someone else is the host. You're a guest and they're a guest. Would anyone have the audacity to go as a guest to another guest and say, hey, I don't like the color of your outfit. You need to get out of here right now. You're not welcome here. What do you think the host is going to do to that person being harsh with the other guest in their house? Who do you think they're going to kick out? They're not going to kick out the person because they're wearing one color or another. They're going to kick out the person with arrogant behavior. They're going to kick out the person who has no adab or akhlaq. They're going to kick out the person who's trying to kick out the other person. So if we're treating people harshly, whether we realize it or not, we're pushing them further away from the masjid. We have to answer for that if that's the bitter fruit that's coming from our character. And the opposite is true. Yes, there's a lot of pressure in that situation. But, and by the way, people, they're not going to tell us, hey, by the way, these are the 21 massive calamities that I'm dealing with right now. They don't owe us an explanation. They don't have to convince us, hey, as your Muslim brother or Muslim sister, please just be nice to me. 
I'm really struggling with depression, with suicidal thoughts, with anxiety, with PTSD. I just lost a parent. I lost my wife. I lost my kids. I lost my job. I lost my car. I lost my house. Can you just smile to me, say salam and be nice and not criticize me as a man for not wearing a kufi? And not criticize me as a sister because one hair is sticking out of my hijab without realizing it? Can you just be nice to me today because my heart is in a million pieces right now? Has our character as Muslims become so low that Muslims don't feel comfortable coming to the house of Allah because they're worried that the character of other Muslims is going to be bitter and harsh and judgmental and push them away? Is that where we are? And we're going to walk around sticking our chests out as if we're already in Jannah? We have that audacity? We have that arrogance to do that? How did the Prophet treat people on Islam? In general, for those who were not Muslim, how did he treat them? For those who were Muslim, how did he treat them? For those who were older, how did he treat them? For those who were younger, how did he treat them? For those who were close to him in age, how did he treat them? For the, for the person who had been Muslim for many years, how did he treat them? And for the new convert, how did he treat them? The common theme across the board, the default answer across the board was rahmah was mercy, was kindness, was love, was compassion, because that's a reflection of who he was. He was someone who had this huge heart, this huge chest. He had, he had room for everyone in there. He, he, he just cared about people for the sake of caring about people. He was brought to tears in the middle of the night because he was concerned about his community. He was concerned about his ummah. He was deeply concerned about the ayah in tu'adhibuhum fi'innahum ibaduk wa in taghfir lahum fi'innaka anta al-azizul hakim. The context of that ayah is literally in connection with Prophet Isa alayhi salam. But that's not how the Prophet approached the Qur'an. The Prophet's approaching that ayah, although the explicit context is in a story regarding another person, another Prophet The Prophet is reflecting on the concept mentioned in the ayah. If you punish them, then they're your servants. And if you forgive them, then you are the most powerful, the most wise. He cared so much about other people. He cared so much about his community to the extent that every prophet and messenger had one special dua. Think of it as like, you know, a super VIP dua. There may have been other duas that they would make and they would often, but each of them had one special dua. Think of it as like a golden dua. And what did the prophet choose to save that for other people, because he cared about other people, to save that dua for his community on the Day of Judgment, to save that dua for his ummah on the Day of Judgment. Look at the rahmah on his end, So how he treated people was a reflection of him, and how we treat each other, how we treat other people for better or for worse, is a reflection of us. So if somebody comes to the masjid and they're struggling with major issues, and you're kind to them, and you smile, 
and you just say salam for the sake of wanting to practice these prophetic sunnahs sallallahu alaihi wasallam you just want to be merciful because that is what our prophet taught us alayhi salatu wasallam you may not realize it you may not know it that person may never tell you and they don't have to tell you or i what if that saves their life what if they feel that, you know what, internally, I'm, and there are stories like this. There, there's a story of someone who he told himself as he was going to the Golden Gate Bridge, and he didn't tell anyone explicitly externally, but he made up his mind internally. If nobody asks me on the bus, he's going to the Golden Gate Bridge, this was years ago. If no one asks me how I'm doing, I'm jumping off the bridge. So internally, he's assessing, how are people going to treat me today? No one else knew that. Unfortunately, no one else asked him how he was doing. And unfortunately, he fulfilled the internal promise he made to himself. Miraculously, especially when you consider the impact, he ends up surviving. You know how he survived? A seal came to him. He has broken bones. He's in shock. He's in pain. A seal came to him and kept him afloat. He ends up being rescued. And then after that, he devoted his life to raising awareness about suicide and trying to prevent it. You know what else he said? As soon as his feet left the railing, he regretted it. As soon as that moment passed, he felt a sense of regret. Miraculously, he ends up surviving. But the point that I'm trying to drive home is you don't know what's going on inside someone. So just by asking them, how are you doing? How have you been? Don't ask them, where have you been? How come I don't see you in the message anymore? Brother, sister, you know, where were you today, last week? Jumha, this, that, the other. Don't ask them, where have you been? Ask them, how have you been? It will have an effect on them. It could be a small effect. It could be a big effect, somewhere in between. But the idea is to embody rahmah. And if we do that as a community, it'll be good in general and especially specifically regarding helping those struggling with loneliness, أقول قولي هذا أستغفر الله لكم فاستغفروا إنه هو الغفور الرحيم. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم. A few action items that I want to encourage all of us to do to connect with today specifically and also in general. When the Prophet said spread peace among yourselves, it's not just saying which is a beautiful practice and a beautiful thing, but it's not limited to saying words of salam, but it's also in connection with how we generally communicate with each other, with our words, with our actions, with our behavior, with our body language, with our kindness, with our mercy. Let's take that concept and embody it starting today if we have not already embodied it already. Spread peace among ourselves. It sounds so simple, but it's so powerful and effective and prophetic, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You see the wisdom of Jawami al-Kalam, the Prophet saying so much and so little. Let's embody this concept of mercy, of kindness, of greeting each other kindly, smiling, just being nice to people. They don't owe us an explanation, hey, please be nice to me today because... I'm dealing with a lot of pain. They don't owe us that explanation. We should be kind. 
for the sake of being kind because this is what Allah Azza wa Jal taught us this is what the Prophet taught us we ask Allah to help us to do so we ask Allah to help us to practice this prophetic concept of spreading peace with our words with our greetings with our behavior with our actions for anyone struggling with loneliness we ask Allah to help them with that struggle for anyone struggling with any difficulty we ask Allah here and now today to alleviate those difficulties for them to turn their hardships into ease for any challenge that anyone here is facing today we ask Allah to alleviate that challenge and to facilitate their situation to improve and to become better and better and better we ask Allah for the best of this life and the next and we ask Allah for his protection Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana fil akhirati hasana وقنا عذاب النار وما أمروا إلا ليعبدوا الله مخلصين له دين حنفاء ويقيموا الصلاة ويؤتوا الزكاة وذلك دين القيمة وأقم الصلاة